Hello, welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name is Simon Thompson, host of the show, and it's awesome once again to have you with us. Uh, today, we are going to be going into a customer story. So we do like to mix it up on the podcast. Uh, we sometimes feature our own technology. We sometimes like to talk about our own business and the culture and the people at Meraki. But we also love to bring in customers and partners of our business because that's where things get real. That's where we actually learn how the products get used in the real world and the kind of experiences that people are having with them. And that's why every time I kick off one of these podcasts, I always love to try to welcome you both to the episode you're listening to, but also as a potential participant. That's exactly what's happening today. We've got a customer joining us to talk about their experience with Meraki. And if you'd like to do the same thing, I would love it if you would reach out to me just to say hello, tell us what you think of the show, what you would like to see more of, and perhaps to contribute to your own ideas or maybe even be on the podcast yourself. I am super easy to find online. Just go to twitter.com and look for Meraki Simon. That's my handle on Twitter. And you can message me there and just uh, let me know uh, if you would like to participate in any way. Uh, if you are also subscribed, that's awesome because we do drop these episodes about every two weeks. And we try to keep that content fresh. A lot of it is um, time specific, but some of it isn't as well. Some of it lasts really well. And we've got some content that now goes back over 50 episodes in the bag. And so I definitely recommend if you're interested in learning more about Meraki, if you're new here, do go back and explore the archive. Have a look and see some of the episodes we've covered previously. I'm sure you're going to find some good content there. So we're now into some new content. And I want to start off by introducing our guest today, uh, Zach. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Simon. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's awesome to have you with us. Thanks a lot for taking the time out. And uh, Zach, could you just maybe introduce yourself? Uh, tell us what you do, you know, a little bit of your history as well. We'd love to know your own sort of career history that's got you up to this point. Sure. I I'm working at Service Corporation International for the last 13 years. Uh, my current role is uh, the director of IT security. My background is mostly in infrastructure. My career started kind of at the ground up. First job was taking help desk calls for mm -hmm. compact computers uh, way back in the day. And uh, then I moved on to uh, desktop, server networking, database, lots of infrastructure work. Took the role of uh, overseeing infrastructure at SCI uh, before mm -hmm. I moved on to the, the security role, which is uh, where I primarily focus on now is uh, along with uh, network and voice architecture. So what, what is your job title now? Uh, Director of Information Technology Security. Uh, I, I love that you uh, you told the story there about starting on the service help desk, and uh, I think you said about compact computers. I remember those as well. And and actually, that's how yeah. I started my IT career. It's, it's, it's a very good way to start cutting your teeth, answering all of those phone calls, I think. Yeah, it gives you appreciation for those, those folks. <laughs> Definitely does, um, in, in many ways, in many ways. Um, okay, so could you just introduce the organization? Tell us a little bit more about um, Service Corporation International. I think we shortened that to SCI, right? Uh, and, and tell us how it's, um, how it's actually built up. In the enterprise world, we're kind of a, a unique space to work for. We're the, um, North America's leading provider of funeral, cemetery, and cremation services, along with what we call pre-need or uh, final arrangement planning. Mm -hmm. We're primarily or exclusively located in North America and Puerto Rico. So nearly all states, we're, we're in 44 states and eight Canadian provinces. Wow. We, we also have over 1,900 uh, locations right now. Mm. 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. And and so you're also like a little bit of a house of brands as well. Is that right? So maybe give us a sense of how the business actually operates, because I think SCI is not going to be a name that's familiar to everybody. Right. We've grown uh, at the beginning organically and then heavily through acquisition. And we have a few brands, our uh, most well-known brand being Dignity Memorial. Uh, we have a, a few other larger brands like Neptune Society or Advantage. And then in the community, our funeral homes and, and cemeteries uh, typically keep their same name and just add the, the branding on. So uh, we like to keep the name that's known in the community mm. on those funeral homes. Yeah, that's a nice touch. When did um, when did SCI first start working with Meraki Technology? I had to, I had to go back and look at that, but our first uh, switches and access points we added in 2014. It's been almost seven years exactly. Wow, that's amazing. And and so, how did that first come about? When did you um, when did you first hear about us, and what were you using before? Uh, like I mentioned, since we grow through acquisition, we had uh, quite a bit of different solutions out there. And there was uh, some autonomy for our uh, location management to pick things. But we uh, decided we we wanted to start providing a solution rather than trying to manage existing solutions or rely on our uh, local people to enforce our um, security policies and keep things up to date. We started looking at several options where we were already a, a big Cisco customer. Mm-hmm. So we looked at the um, traditional solution from Cisco. We, we looked at things like Aruba and then Meraki uh, came about. Uh, I believe we discovered that through our Cisco rep at the time. Okay. So I believe that was uh, close to that time of the acquisition, maybe within a, a couple of years. So the, the thing started with trials, presumably. Did you, did you kick off with the product trial? We did uh, obviously got some devices in, started testing, uh, looking at the solution, figuring out how um, it, it would fit into what we were doing. And at the time, um, it was kind of early in this, uh, I guess, cloud managed infrastructure uh, world that that's grown a lot today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the solution basically was what we had in our head uh, for what we would need to be able to scale without having to add a lot of staff, change uh, our network architecture, that type of stuff. So um, it was, we quickly kind of identified that this was the right solution for us. um, Since in addition to that, all the functionality capabilities we required were there. I I can certainly imagine that, that this whole standardization things is a challenge because you you presumably inherit all kinds of different um, IT solutions with uh, with your with your growth strategy the, the as far as the Meraki technology is concerned I'm guessing that, that like you said it really ticks the box in terms of uh, you know just making it easy to centralize that and have a standardized approach um, across the board and that that's really the main theme of what we're talking about today I think is that standardization um, process when you when you reflect back, I mean, what what are some of the um, nightmares that you inherited? What are some of the the kind of uh, IT environments that uh, that existed beforehand? I would say most most of it, especially when you consider some of the acquisitions are smaller companies, maybe even just one location. Um, we're dealing with a network that may have been implemented without any kind of IT expertise. 
so you know discovering daisy chain switches mm. uh, multiple access points with different ssids uh inadequate security configurations on wireless uh, just everything you can think of and right. then you know there's a lot of implications there from performance and security that they would start to experience, uh, especially when they took on our applications. Uh, typically, uh, we use a lot more technology than some of these locations did traditionally. Mm. And and yeah, I date that daisy chain switches. I haven't heard that term for a long time, but I definitely remember that. <laughs> what kind of a nightmare that can create. And and when you start getting loops in the uh, in in those, it's game over for for a site normally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and what are some of the the sort of you you obviously talked about? It started with the uh, the APs and the switches. So how has it evolved to de- to today? Then, so what what other Meraki and Cisco technologies do you uh, do you make use of now? Yeah, so uh, about six um, or maybe seven years ago, we decided to also uh, standardize our firewalls across the network um, or or in all these field locations. So. Uh, similar to the APs and the switches, we went through a process to look at our options and decided on Meraki. So mm-hmm. that that was our uh, biggest deployment um, to to date of Meraki technology. So uh, we purchased uh, MX firewalls for basically the entire network, wow. um, and then we've continued to use the uh, the MR uh, access points and the, the switches. Uh, to to deploy, we're also pretty significant, or have a pretty significant deployment of um, Cisco IPT um, in in several hundred locations, and that's telephony. that's growing quickly. Yes, I sorry, IP telephony. Yep. Yep. So many acronyms in this business. Yeah, there is. Yep. <laughs> uh, in addition, as far as Cisco technology, uh, we're a, a big WebEx customer right now, um, and then uh, it's it's our primary technology in the data center for routing and switching mm-hmm. so that's a lot um a lot lot to keep on top of so i can certainly understand your desire to to try and keep it as simple as possible and it's when we get those shocks to our regular workflow that, that we really i think start to see uh, some of the benefits of the decisions we've made as far as it uh, design network infrastructure design and so on and of course the obvious example here is is the pandemic we've been experiencing uh, which was such a big shock for so many, so many different um, businesses and operations. I mean, how did the pandemic affect your your work, and and how have uh, you and SCI adapted to what we now? I mean, there's this this term we keep hearing too many times of the new normal. What what um, t- t- talk us through that story? Sure. So, yeah, as you can imagine, given our business, the pandemic had a, a very big impact on us. Uh, whether it be the increase in um, cases and families we were helping mm. um, or the the lockdowns on funeral services or um, e- even being able to come into our offices to make arrangements. So we were in a good position for remote work um, based on our uh, existing VPN strategy. So I would like to say it was thoughtful, but may- maybe a little bit of luck in there, too. Uh, like there always is whenever something like this happens. We were also, uh, like I mentioned, uh, uh, at the time we we used WebEx. We weren't um, nearly as big of a customer as we are today. So we saw an increase 
um, at, at peak over 4,000 uh, users on WebEx from about 500, five to 600 at, at the beginning of the wow. pandemic. And it's leveled off a little bit, but uh, we're still, you know, uh, j- just under 3,000 on a monthly basis. And we, so we were able to leverage that to do live streaming of services in some case. Um, we also have, uh, you know, other solutions we use for that. We did use it to make arrangements with families remotely where they couldn't come in or, or weren't comfortable coming into our facilities. Uh, the other, and, and one of the ways that Meraki helped, uh, especially with the ease of deployment was uh, given uh, some of the, these new things like remote arrangements and live streaming, uh, some of the locations weren't equipped to do that well. Um, so we were able to quickly deploy uh, access points, switches to locations that maybe need needed to beef up the, the AP strength a little bit or the access point strength a little bit in the locations to do the live streaming. Uh, in some of the markets that were hit heavily, like New York, for instance, we were able to add equipment very quickly. So they were able to uh, take more phone calls, have more people take phone calls in the locations because uh, they, they just couldn't handle the volume with the existing staff. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the hallmarks of a of a really good infrastructure design is when it's able to react quickly and and scale quickly when when you need it to. So uh, I can only imagine that must have been uh, like a major major um, uh, headache at the beginning or you know, concern at least about how to adapt quickly. And and it's it's very interesting to hear some of the ways that you did that as well. Thinking about the standardization again, I think this is really the interesting interesting topic. Obviously, we talked about Meraki being being good for that, but I'm, I'd love to just unpack that a little bit more. Maybe you just walk us through some of the ways in which you feel that, that it's the right solution for standardizing and, and why that's so important to you. Yeah, I think, but, you know, everybody has different needs and, and particularly for us, uh, given the decentralized nature of our um, our facilities, we have you know having 1,900 plus locations. Um, you know, I think everybody agrees that standardization is important, but being able to standardize and manage support that equipment without having to exponentially scale your your IT staff is super important for us, um, and, and then being able to support not only the equipment but our our customers or our associates that work for us so that we can you know see what's going on at the location uh, proactively identify performance issues or other problems they may be having so that we can quickly uh, respond to them and support them and then uh, with standardization uh, comes uh, you know kind of the single panes uh, that you can look at to get lots of information, whether it be as performance data, but also security uh, alerts and, and threats that we might be seeing without having to pull from um, a bunch of different vendors to get that visibility. And, and have you actually experienced a lot of challenges around security? Uh, I know that um, having a standardized uh, firewall arrangement must must help with that because I'm guessing 
we 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 have we keep hearing about these ransomware attacks and you know major major problems. I have you experienced any sort of security issues that you've had to sort of work through with with the technology? Yeah, so um, I think that you know the the technology has really put us in a in a good place. Um, obviously, along with uh, other security technology, we use uh, to be able to respond to threats and attacks. So. Um, with, with with the firewalls, for instance, we're able to proactively address threats that we maybe get threat intelligence on, or if we're seeing uh, some type of attack or attempt to attack us, uh, we're able to address those proactively. So mm. we, you know, we face a lot of the same threats that you would see at other companies. So so it's very important for us to be able to uh, respond and mitigate those and make sure we protect our customer data, and also our business operations so that we can serve our customers. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a perennial. I think it just never really goes away, does it? It just keeps evolving and, and changing over time. So again, I, I, I think of that as a good endorsement for a standardized approach because obviously you can ensure with just a few clicks that you can protect all your locations um, if you need to make a, a security change of some description. Yeah, yeah, that's where the centralized management is just so so important to be able to get those changes rolled out quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously on the networking side, it sounds like we're all fairly well buttoned up at this point in time. What about some um, other technologies you're currently looking at? From a Meraki standpoint, we um, have started looking at and evaluating the uh, Insight solution uh, for application uh, voice over IP, WAN performance monitoring. Um, to enhance what we're doing with SD-WAN. Uh-huh. Also uh, looking at the security camera solution as a way to locations that have that need a, uh, a secure uh, approach to remote access to cameras. And then we're looking at various uh, solutions for secure access service edge to complement what we already do uh, and, and integrating that with the Meraki firewalls. That's really interesting as well because, um, I mean, S A S E, as you said, um, Assassi, as we sometimes describe it. I mean, that's that's still quite a new term for a lot of people. What is it about that that's that's attracted you? I know that we've we've obviously talked about uh, SD WAN in the past, and it's really like an evolution of that. What what is it about Sassy that looks like it might be a good good way way forward for you? Yeah, so um, I've I've talked a lot about centralized management. So I think SASE helps kind of take that to the next level. The other thing that really uh, interests us with this is uh, one of the strategic approaches we take is platform-based. So establishing these strong relationships with our partners and leveraging those so we can uh, mature our security and infrastructure programs. Mm -hmm. With SASE, just, you know, being able to utilize that platform. And as you have increasing needs for uh, whether it's functionality or security, uh, being able to use this, the same platform and add things in, in a, a modular approach to gain those capabilities without a huge uh, amount of work that your teams have to perform. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, this is again the simplification piece. It just keeps on coming back. Um, Meraki Insight you mentioned, and I think that's one where uh, maybe not everybody has had a chance to to implement that, and um, it's obviously related to what we were talking about with SD WAN and and SASE 
as well. Um, maybe just describe for us what you've experienced as you start to use that. What does it What does it actually do for you? What problems is it solving? Sure. One of the one of the big things is the ability uh, with our SD WAN deployments to monitor both of those circuits, alert on them, um, see their performance uh, proactively, so that you know uh, we're not waiting for a location to call us about about problems. So uh, and, and also be prepared if there is a failover. We we want to make sure that their backup circuit is reliable. Um, we don't want to find out that the backup cir- circuit's having problems right. when they need it. Um, and then as the voice over IP deployment grows, we see that there could be a lot of value in um, the tool to to monitor that performance proactively as well. That's awesome. And and also you mentioned the cameras. I think the the way those can be used, there's actually quite a lot of ways, and we've explored a lot of those on on uh, previous podcast episodes where we we look at not just the the ability to to view a space, a physical space, but also potentially to provide a, a source of data as well. Um, do you have like a security camera system in place right now, and this is now you know, like the next stage of your standardization? Yeah, so um, with the security cameras, we... Uh, primarily uh, have more closed circuit type um, solutions. So this is kind of a, a next phase of maturity where uh, there may be some standardization um, as needed and, and the, the growth of those capabilities so that we can you know, make sure that the video security needs are met. Right. So one of the advantages, I think, of, of these podcast episodes when we're lucky enough to get a guest to join us is is really that obviously you're able to provide the value of your experience to others. And so I'm sure there'll be some people listening and thinking about a potential journey uh, with Meraki or with any other technology, really, that, that just going to help them with their organization. Uh, and I wonder if you've got any advice you'd like to pass on to listeners who are facing the challenges that you've experienced, so particularly around a very fast-growing business with with a lot of sites to manage. Yeah, I mean, one of the things with uh, you know having a lot of sites is just you, know, you have to make sure that the solution can scale um, and perform, but also that you can support and manage it um, on an ongoing basis. So you know, not having an initial deployment that then stays static going forward that's difficult to maintain install updates to firmware that type of stuff Mm. one other thing i I really like to look at is the the time to value how quickly can you deploy and get uh the the potential out of a system Mm. Uh, some some deployments you see in infrastructure never get there for a variety of reasons but if you can kind of create that timeline and in your deployment uh based on how easy it is and capabilities get start getting value out of it as quickly as possible. That's, that's I think, super important. Um, and then uh, kind of going back to management, just the ongoing um, requirements for support, you know, are, are you going to have to scale your staff up, um, you know, in a kind of linear fashion, you know, I need another person for every, every 20 firewalls or whatever that number might be for you. But if there's a solution out there that's easy enough to manage to where that's not as big of a requirement or concern, I think there's a lot of value there. Um, And then 
in my in my role, obviously security is at the forefront of all this. So making sure not only is the solution itself secure, um, but when we're talking about infrastructure technology, looking at what value it can add to security for you. Um, and then the, the last thing that was uh, actually really important to us when we made our decision is the the future-proofing as- aspect of it. So right. uh, is what we buy today what we're going to have for the next 10 years, or is, is that solution going to grow and change with as, as the technology matures? And I think that was one of the biggest sell- selling points for me with Meraki is knowing that different capabilities are, are being added because it really is that um, true SaaS or, or cloud approach to managed infrastructure. Yeah, and that sort of loops back to the first comment you made around sort of time to value as well. I think it's it's uh, definitely an aspect that, that we're very proud of is, is that even though you might buy a product uh, with, you know, maybe not every single feature that you want it to have, the likelihood is that we're developing it and it will come. And of course, the customers get that at, at no additional cost once once uh, we start developing those. In fact, I, I remember always saying that, um, that the feature set that you get with a brand new Meraki product is, is uh, it has the fewest features it'll ever have when you first get it because it's always going to be uh, sort of adding more um, over time as our customers drive that. And, and that's one of the things we we learn is by listening to how the products are being used, it helps us to identify uh, where to take it from there. Zach, thank you so much for, for sharing all of those details. And I, th- I think it's a very, it's, it's very interesting to hear it being actually relayed by somebody who's using the product in, in person, because it really reflects what I think we're trying to achieve, uh, which is that sort of simplicity and that ability, therefore, to be able to scale a business and and adapt to different uh, shocks to the system like we've discussed during this uh, this episode uh, so awesome to have you um, join us and thank you so much for for taking the time today yeah i appreciate uh you having me simon it's nice talking with you the, the the great thing is that it's very easy to get involved with uh, this podcast and zach uh, obviously volunteered to to join us and to share share his story with sci and so I definitely encourage you to do the same thing if you have anything you would like to uh, share with us and, and any sort of technology you're thinking about or any use of our own products. Of course, we love to talk about those, but mostly we want to hear about how they're being used in the real world. That's that's where things get, I think, really interesting. We've had obviously a good example and a good discussion about that today. All right, time to wrap things up for another episode of Meraki Unboxed. I want to thank you all once again for joining us. Uh, It really is great to have such a uh, consistent audience. I can see that in the numbers. So thank you so much for being a subscriber. And do share the podcast as well if you know anybody who would benefit from learning a little bit more about this kind of technology. For us, it's an ongoing journey. We're constantly evolving uh, based on this uh, this software-applied approach to this technology and we know we've got a long way to go it's it is a journey and it's awesome to have you along with us on that speaking of journeys uh, we will be back with more on meraki unboxed in two weeks so look forward to speaking to you uh, once again then until then stay well stay safe and take care bye for now 